live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night, September 20th, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Paul Holmes here with the news. Rick Delgado's got what even is that coming up tonight? Rick Amarati's got sports. Slick Rick, looking good as always. What's coming up in sports tonight? Ah, Big D, well, we had the passing of another legendary Dodger yesterday. We got the recap on Monday Night Football. Two teams looking like they're going in the right direction. And, uh, well, looks like they're going to drop the Canadian vaccine mandate at the end of this month, which will affect the Toronto Blue Jays in the playoffs. Well, the pandemic's over, don't you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> pandemic is over. Oh, wait. Maybe it's not. Oh, wait, Corinne Jean-Pierre today. <laughs> trying, yes, uh -huh, uh -huh, trying to clarify what exactly is going on. And, and she says, according to 60 Minutes, Biden made it very clear. <laughs> when, the, <laughs> when the press secretary says the president made it very clear, that's when I start laughing. So um, those two words in him make it clear in him. Those three words don't, don't go together. They don't go together at all. So uh, we'll get into that. Paul Nolan's here with some news. Paul, how are you? I am well, my friend. How are you guys doing? Very, very good. Very good. Uh, we'll get some on my sound here, guys. Yeah. Yep. Got you, Paul. Yep. We got you, Paul. Sound good. Uh, Rick Delgado, what even is that tonight? I got, yes. a, I got a bunch of nice emails today about your what even is that from people who are watching this show who, show who say they never miss one. What's uh, your what even is that tonight? Ah, well, thank you. It has to do with a certain, uh, uh, let's call her uh, royalty, will be making a comeback. How about that? Oh, you're, you're talking, you know, well, you're not talking no, about I'm not the talking queen. About the we know queen. your feelings on the queen. Who, yes. who, okay, well, I'll just have to, I'll have to stay in suspense about who this could be. American royalty. How about that one? Kim Kardashian? No. Okay. Uh, we'll have to wait to the top of the hour to find out. Uh, 9 p.m. What even is no. that coming up? She's a giant ass. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. <laughs> All right. Very good. Um, well, the guys want to start with one of the LOLs of the day. And Please. I mean, it's probably the two, probably one of the two best clips of the day. The other is our Is This English tonight. We have two LOLs. We have an Is, is This English. And this LOL and that is this English are the two best clips of the day. So let's start with the LOL, G. Don Lamont, who is getting fired and then rehired in the morning. He thinks it's an upgrade in jobs. But Don Lemon, CNN Today, this interview was uh, Don thought he had this one all in the bag. And then it kind of was a little rough here at the end. Roll that. England is facing rising cost of living, a living crisis, austerity budget cuts, and so on. And then you have those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism, and they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, $500 million there. Some people want to be paid back, and, uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are, you know, you have all of this vast wealth? Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa. And when across the entire uh -huh. world, when slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished sla uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 
naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely, that's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. <laughs> it's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very yeah. much. I appreciate it. One that I don't have we'll an answer to, to discuss in the future. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Kaboom. Donnie, back to you. <laughs> that's great. That's um that's pretty much how I feel every time I, I interview someone who's obviously way smarter than me, which is could be anybody. I mean, Don Lemon thinks he's uh thinks he's the brainiac here in this uh, in this situation, and then she hits him with that. As soon as Don heard, we got to go back to the supply chain. He must have thought to himself, "Oh boy, this was a mistake." And then she just rattled on, and she got done, and she killed him with kindness somewhere in there as well. And well, Don. Looked a little stumped there towards the end, Paul Nolan, don't you think? Oh, right now, he, right now he looks like he's going to say, must be the shoes. Um, I don't know. He looks completely lost and he has no answer for it, which is great. I just, <laughs> you know, you, you just watch this. He just kept his face got longer and longer and longer. I'm surprised he didn't interrupt her at some point. But, um, you know. And say what? Me, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I I want some reparations, man. I, honestly, watching that, all I could think about was the Dave Chappelle bit. I don't know if you, you remember, if anybody doesn't remember the Dave Chappelle, I know Rick Delgado has to remember it. Where, well, refresh, re refresh everybody's memory. I, I mean, I, I know. I'm, right, I, I got you. Um, it was the rep reparations were given in New York City. And uh, the local news reporter comes on and, you know, he goes off on, you know, Cadillac sales are through the roof and, you <laughs> yeah. know, people are having a party in the city. And that's where the thing, I'm rich, bitch. You know, we, it was <laughs> right. spoken from that skit. It was like the week, second skit they had done there. Um, it's, I just think the reparations conversation is just completely, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all for reparations as long as the Democratic Party is the one paying them because they're, I mean... Like she said, let's go back to the beginning of the supply chain. And, and you know yeah. what? That, that's really the best um, answer. I don't think I've ever heard anybody take it that far back. And, and it makes total sense because much like treating anything, you know, when it comes to a disease, you got you to gotta go back to the source. If you're just giving somebody a, you know, here's something for your headache. Well, what's causing the headache? You know what I mean? So she's she's taking it. Well, you want reparations? That's great. Why don't we take it back to where this all started? And it was the African kings, the tribe leaders, who were rounding up the weaker tribes that that were in their area, taking their land, but taking the, those people, caging them up, and ship, shipping them off, with Portugal being the first country to actually start buying slaves from these West yeah, African right. uh, slave kings. So, yeah, uh, you know, if, if you really want to get started down that road there, Donnie, here we go. <laughs> oh, and by the way, and in that clip, she mentioned those uh, 2,000 sailors. I guess th they died, that their families should be due because yeah. they were fighting for. How about all the men that died in this country fighting to free the slaves back? Uh, I believe it's 360,000 men uh, died uh, fighting against. Yeah, 
fighting for the freedom of the slaves. Um, how about those people, those families? Can, can we include those, Don? What do you think? Uh, that, that's, that's the an shot right there. That's the shot. Yeah. That's the Look shot at the tongue right gaping there, stare. Look yeah. at the tongue, yeah. the tongue on the bottom lip. <laughs> D. Lemon was not ready for that history. No. Not at all. So... But that was a, I mean, that was great. I mean, so so cheers, cheers, and pip pip to her. Right. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. So, um, all right, very good. So, speaking of the, well, let's stay on the Democratic Party, and this um, this will surprise nobody who's listened to this show. Uh, whether you've listened for uh, almost even a day, because I think I said this yesterday on the show, going back as far as when I've said it in 2015, and every year almost since then. This is from the New York Post today. Majority of Democrats say U.S. is not world's greatest country in a new poll out today. A majority of Democrats said today they believe America is not the best country in the world. The new survey released today reveals. The New York Times Siena College National Poll finds that only 37% of Democrats agree with the statement that America is not, is the greatest country in the world. Only 37% agree with the statement, America is the greatest country in the world. Instead, 55% of Democrats endorsed the statement that, quote, America is a great country, but not the greatest. <clears throat> and I was looking for the follow-up in this article. The follow-up question I was hoping would have been, so where, what is, where is, what country is, if it's not us, that that didn't get asked here in this, but another 7% said the U.S. is not a great country with the remainder having no opinion. By comparison, 70% of Republicans said the U.S. was the greatest country. Another 24% said it's great, but not the greatest. Only 5% of GOP respondents said America is not a great country with the remaining 2% having no opinion. So, I mean, I, I don't know who those 24% are for the GOP, but they, I mean, that's just as bad as the um, 55% on the Democratic side. Uh, meanwhile, 47% of registered independents not affiliated with a party said America is the greatest country, while 45% said it's great, but not the greatest. And again, I, I say to all of them, whatever side they fall on, if you say it's not, well, where is? Where is? But you think about 37% of Democrats, 37% only agree that America is the greatest country in the world. And ask yourself, this is a party who more and more, as I pointed out, and we have all pointed out, is anti-American, anti-our founding, anti-our founding documents, and anti-our founding fathers, anti-our um, representative republic system of government. They think everything just stands in their way of ultimate power, whether it's the Supreme Court, whether it's the Constitution, whether it's the Electoral College, whether it's the filibuster, whatever it is, they have no respect for any of it. And if it stands in their way, it's their enemy. If it works for them to keep power, then they like it for however long they need to like it. So when I saw this, I mean, I guess it's, it's still shocking in a way to see the number, but it's not shocking for this party because, I, as I've said, they're more and more an anti-American party in everything they do, the way they talk, the things they push. Um, the things they support. And so, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Are you surprised by this? Surprise? No. 
but but I know about 2.1 million new inhabitants of this country yeah. who probably think it's the greatest country. Whether they should be here or not, well, you know, that's another story. Um, but at least 2.1 million, maybe more, uh, that have just crossed the border in the last 11 months, they probably think it's the greatest country. Paul? Well, you know, yeah, I think a lot of uh, the kids who got here and they're working their butt off, laborers, just like, you know, my family's history, the Italian side of my family came in. My grandpa right away got a citizenship uh, by joining World War One. You know, he forbid my mom and my aunt to speak Italian. You know, he they wanted them to be American. They were considered dirty wops. They were filthy animals in this country here. And he worked his butt off. You know, he was a bricklayer, of course, which is essentially what all the people from South America do here now, right? They do all those heavy labor jobs. And and, and then, you know, we saw the way they, uh, they, they just kind of now they see these kids are starting to landscapes. They own their own business now. They're not working for other people. And, uh, you know, I made the comment to my landscaper, oh, by the way, I help every, I make him lunch when he comes by on the Saturdays. I teach him English, love the kid, made flyers for him. He, uh, he thinks I'm crazy when I talk bad about this country. Yeah. But it's going to hell. As anybody who, it. anybody who's ever experienced any other part of the world, as great as some of them are, when you come home, I mean, there's nothing like coming home. So... All right, I'll continue with some else, some more that came out of this all live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Glad you're in. Lots to do. We're back right after this. Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's going to do a what even is that? Top of the hour. American royalty is the subject. I can't wait to see who this is about. Uh, we'll get to that at the top of the hour, 9 o'clock. Make sure you stay tuned for that. But right now, let's do some sports. Sports, of course, is brought to you by our friends at MyPillow. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. All the best deals for the LFS6B audience. And of course, use our code LFS6B at checkout for 10 to sometimes even up to 60% off, depending on what you buy from Mike Lindell. Great Patriot support, my pillow support, LFS6B. Slick Rick with sports. What's going on, pal? All right, we're getting into the last two weeks of Major League Baseball season, so we'll be tracking baseball heavy as we head into the playoffs. Right now, the Mets and Brewers, no score, middle of the second. Yankees trail the Pirates, one nothing. bottom of the fourth. National and Bra- Nationals and Braves scoreless after the bottom of the third. So uh, we're going to keep a score. I'll give updates on the Cardinals and Padres. That's later tonight, 940, first pitch, so that'll be the last segment. But a couple of big races going on. Teams trying to get position for wild cards. Don't forget there's an expanded format for the playoffs this year. So we'll get into a lot of those details as things progress. But inside of two weeks, shifting Are gears to— Are both New York teams definitely in? Yes. Yes, both New York teams are 100%. In fact, the Mets just mathematically clinched yesterday. So the Mets are in. Paul, the Mets are going to the playoffs. Here they come. 
look out. So if the Mets can get it together, maybe they'll make a run. Yankees are in. I think the Yankees were kind of kind of in anyway. Right now, the big watch with the Yankees, Aaron Judge trying to close in on 61. He has 59, so we'll see what happens with that. I know Rick's cheering, so we'll see. they got a nice homestand in the Bronx the next 10 days, so we'll see if he can do something big there. But let's get to football. Speaking of doing something big, the Bills are exceeding sky-high expectations. This is Dan Tracy of Yard Barker. In a preseason poll of 25NFL.com analysts, 12 picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl more than double of any other team two weeks into the season. Buffalo has done nothing but validate those lofty expectations. Big win last night after blowing out the Rams by three touchdowns on the road in the season opener. The Bills stomped, and I mean stomped the Tennessee Titans. 41-7 Big D last night. The game was so lopsided that Case Keenum played in place of Josh Allen the entire fourth quarter. Incredible. I mean, six teams are 2-0 and after two weeks, but no one has been as dominant as the Bills. The Bills' point differential of plus 55 is more than double any other team with the Chiefs and Bucks next at 26. So they're looking good. And unfortunately, I dropped five grand on odds makers last night. The <laughs> Eagles just absolutely came out. Lincoln Financial uh, Field and took a, the uh, took the <laughs> took them out to the Vikings out to the woodshed last night and gave them real purple, uh, you know what, behinds. Yeah. But uh, unbelievable. Kirk Cousins so. is the worst quarterback on Monday Night Football. I believe now two and ten in his 12 <laughs> games on Monday Night Football. So. Oh, yeah. You think that's uh, bad? Look up at his Sunday night record. Then look up his record when he's on a standalone primetime game on a Sunday at 430. It, it just it keep, The hits keep coming with this guy. He, the guy, the he guy wilts. He wilts. But Jalen Hurts looks good, and like I said, the Eagles 24-7 to over the Vikings, taking care of business. Not as dominant as the Tennessee game, but pretty darn close. Eagles now 2-0, and and hey, teams are starting to take notice. NFC East looking good. Giants 2-0, and Eagles 2-0. and Ah, we'll see. Looking really good. So, anyway, Big D, that's a wrap. But what are they, oh, wait, wait, wait. That, there's four teams in each division. So, <laughs> yes. Giants 2-0, Eagles 2-0. Give me the other two. And the Washington Commanders, I believe they beat 0-2. No, they're 1-1. They beat the Jaguars week one. And the Dallas-Texas Cowboys pulled to 1-1. They have 500. <laughs> Big Monday night game. You know who I'm taking. I'm just waiting for the spread. Can't wait. We'll see what happens. <laughs> And that's a rap in sports. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right, Slick Rick. Well, you got nervous. What'd you get nervous there thinking about laying the points with Dallas? Where, where's Dallas this week? Dallas is in uh, in the Deadlands playing in Met Geta Life Stadium against the New York football Giants, that would be. And uh, I oh, so they're, they're obviously, then they're, they're a big underdog, then obviously, because obviously without Dak, they're going to be probably an underdog in every game, I would think. And the Giants being 2 0. Um, the uh, Cowboys have got to be an underdog in that game, I would think. I think it'll be a close spread. I could see the Giants, you know, laying two points. I haven't looked at the. I got to take a look. I'll check the early spread. I'll get back to you on the next segment. Oh, it is 10. the Giants minus two and a half. Up oh, there you go. There, I, I there you go. You know, DraftKings opened. DraftKings opened that line the other way, four and a half. Did they? And I missed it. Dallas was was laying four and a half. I thought that was an absurd number. That. Not that I think the Giants are anything. I think it's all smoke and mirrors so far. So, yeah, they haven't that was weird. That line swapped yet. from four and a half one way to two and a half the other. Yep. All right, Slick Rick. Thanks. We'll do some more sports later on. Let's do some news. News is brought to you by our friends at Seven Cells. SevenCells.com. LFS6B at checkout will get you ten percent off anything you put in your cart. Paul Nolan, what's going on with the news? You know, Facebook removes suspected secret U.S. military op accounts. Uh, the Pentagon orders massive review, according to a report. This is from American Military News. Uh, news report on Monday revealed Facebook removed fake accounts suspected of being used by the U.S. military 
for secret psychological operations. People familiar with the matter said um, that that ended up prompting the Pentagon to order an audit of how the Department of Defense conducts secret information warfare online. The U.S. Central Command is facing scrutiny linked to the military-linked accounts among more than 150 fake accounts on Facebook and Twitter that have been taken down. Um, and this is all uh, according to the Washington Post on Monday. Internet researchers Graphica and Stanford Internet excuse me, Observatory revealed uh, last month that the social media platforms removed the fake accounts. However, the researchers did not attribute the bogus profiles and sites uh, to the U.S. military just yet. So, um, you know, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. Most people in our audience will let you know that there are all kinds of fake accounts, fake agents, and just interesting that uh, even, you know, even Facebook is said this one's going maybe a little bit too far. So I, I thought that was a pretty, um, I thought that was pretty interesting. So, well, you know, what's interesting about that story too, Paul, is that the, the, I guess the Pentagon, is it the Pentagon or Department of Defense ordered that? Uh, the, uh, the Pentagon. Pentagon. So, so what, what, they're basically just telling everybody is, uh, you know, we've, we're running all these fake accounts. We just don't know who's doing it. Uh, does that make any yeah. sense that they have all these fake accounts and now they need a, an accounting of, well, how many accounts do we actually have and what are we doing? I mean, what does that tell well, you? Well, it's a perfect example of how compartmentalized and how secretive so many of these agencies within agencies are. I mean, you hear top secret, you know, secret clearance and people just don't speak amongst one each, one another and things are so compartmentalized to the point where you know the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing on so many occasions that's why there's so much uh, confusion and so many people you know you know arguing about what they think they know and what they don't know and the end of the day what we know is we're never going to know <laughs> <laughs> that's true good way to sum it up paul what else is going on in the news um, you know, I, I don't know if you wanted to save this or not, but, you know, the migrants who, uh, you know, flew to Martha Vine Martha's Vineyard filed a class action suit against them. Some of the migrants um, that DeSantis flew to Martha's Vineyard have filed suit, according to state officials. Uh, the migrants allege that the group boarded the planes on the false pretenses. The governor sent two planes of illegal immigrants, as we know. Um, California Democrat uh, government Gavin Newsom even suggested that the Department of Justice could pursue kidnapping charges amid reports that the migrants were misled. Um, I, you know, I think this is a, just a, a simple tactic. Um, being used, someone thought of it and said, ah, this is how we can uh, fight this. But, um, you know, I'd like to see- Are they suing for out. something, are they suing for something specific? I saw on Twitter, on social media today, um, breaking 911, <laughs> who I follow a lot, said migrant yeah. migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard sued DeSantis, allege the relocations violated, now listen, their fourth and 14th Amendment rights and the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And I replied by saying, uh, right, what rights and given to them where? Uh, Suing them, violating their fourth and 14th Amendment rights. You know what they should do? They should take up arms in their second amendment and really make a punch at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or free speech, but they don't speak the language. I'm sorry. I, this whole thing's a, the whole thing's a joke. I mean, yeah. supposedly they all signed uh, consent forms, so we'll see how this plays out. This is just another game of ugly pot. Listen, they don't want them on the border. They're 
but it's okay for me. Not it, it's it, the the hypocrisy is is too much to handle. Fourth and Fourteenth Amendment rights. Okay. <laughs> Our live from Studio Six B. We're back right after this. Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. What even is that coming up top of the hour? More sports, more news. I want to get to a bunch of great stuff. Um, Biden was asked about the border crisis today, and I saw some reports. I told you yesterday I saw some reporting from Bill McGurn, and of course our own Ben Berkman does great reporting as well, as we cross over 2 million, 2 million border encounters by uh, border police. And of course, that's just the encounters, never mind the getaways. And the ones we don't know about, which is at least another probably 500,000. So, I mean, if the numbers continue here like this, under this administration, we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have four to five, maybe as upwards of seven million people coming into the country illegally. I mean, I, I, I just don't even. I mean, it's hard to even wrap your head around. And then these people are asked about it, and they act like they care. And you see the Martha's Vineyard thing, and all of a sudden now that's like, um, all of a sudden they have this deep empathy, and they're so on top of what's going on, and it's so, um, it's kidnapping by the by the Florida governor, and and all of a sudden the whole narrative changes, and then they get to Martha's Vineyard, and oh, then it changes again. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute here, we're not so sure these brown people mix in with our Hollywood elites, you know. So all of a sudden it's changed again. And then they fake cry as they leave. And um, so just a bunch of things. And then you see this poll today, and I, and I, I think the two are connected, that only 37% of uh, the Democratic Party or, or Democrats, let me, let me even broaden that out, 37% of Democrats agree with the statement that America is the greatest country in the world. And by the way, this poll was done, done by Doug Schoen, who was President Bill Clinton's Democratic pollster. So it's not some right-wing Republican looking to uh, stick it to the Democrats, by the way. And just to further this a little bit more, as Sean says, you know, there used to be bipartisan consensus that America was a unique, special, exceptional nation. Well, the Democrats don't think that any one of those three descriptions apply to America anymore. They don't think it's unique. They don't think it's special. They think it, they don't certainly don't think it's exceptional. You never heard Obama talking about about the exceptional, uh, you know, exceptionalism of America. He went around the world apologizing for it. Biden does the same thing. The only time you felt like the the president, well, of course, obviously Reagan going back, and even Clinton to some degree. At least he would he wouldn't go around the world apologizing. Yeah. But uh, of course, for President Trump who talked about the country like you would expect an American president to talk about the country, who actually, someone who actually understands the country, who wants what's best for the country, who actually believes in the citizen of the country, believes in the founding of the country, believes in the ideals of the country, believes in capitalism, believes in free markets, understands how our economy works. Biden doesn't believe any of that. Most Democrats don't believe any of that. So Schoen says Republicans do believe in American exceptionalism. The Democrats do not accept American exceptionalism. No, they don't. They, they accept American um, 
uh, racism, um, radicalism, uh, inequality. That, that's all they see. That's what they see. Uh, there were disparities by race, uh, region, age, and education, Schoen says. For example, 54% of white respondents said America is the greatest country, compared to 33% of black voters who heavily identify as Democrats. A majority of Midwesterners, 56%, and Southerners, 53%, said America was undoubtedly the greatest, compared to with 38% of Northeasterners. Well, again, not to point out the obvious, but think about what, you know, what parties are controlling what areas of the country? Two-thirds of voters age 65 and over were the most patriotic, with two-thirds saying America was the greatest compared to just 30% of voters ages 18 to 29. And of course, again, the, the question to any of these people is, if not here, where? But they won't, none of them would answer that question if asked. None of them would answer that. They'd go, they'd give you, they'd, you know, gaslight you and give you some whatever. But they won't answer that question. People like Hakeem Jeffries, you know, people like the squad, AOC, all of these, Talib, all of them. Yeah. Meanwhile, this is the only country that could tolerate or would tolerate people like them. Uh, imagine the AOCs and the Talibs of the world going over to another country, say, I don't know, pick the Middle East. Okay. Drop them in there. Have at it. Say what you like. How, how long yeah. before before they'd be screaming bloody murder, like, get me out of here. This place is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to Brittany Griner before you leave, though. See how it is in other places when uh, when things don't go your way. You know, and here in New York City, you could kill somebody and be out that night. Not, not the same anywhere else in the world. So uh, let's go cut one, G. Speaking of the border crossings, cut one, roll that. There is a serious situation unfolding along the southern border, and the number of apprehensions Thanks for of noticing. undocumented immigrants is above <laughs> 2 million this year for the very first time. At that pace, we have already set a record and are on track to shatter the annual records. Yeah. So, so they don't include that story when they're talking about uh, the, um, the governor of Florida somehow being brought up on kidnapping charges. You know, they don't they don't bring up what's going on in Texas all these months. They don't bring up what's going on with these flights all over the country. They report they give that report. And as I said, you know, hey, thanks for noticing. It's only been going on for forever. And, and, and it's been hyper um, going on since Biden took office and reversed all of Trump, uh, Trump's policies. Uh, cut to Biden asked about the border crisis today. Roll that, G. under your watch, Mr. President? Because there are three countries that are never have, there are fewer, there are fewer immigrants coming from Central America and from Mexico. This is a totally different circumstance. What's on my watch now is Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. And the ability to send them back to those states is not rational. Or you can countries. send them back and have them wait. We're working with Mexico and other countries to see if we can stop the flow. But that's the difference. Thank you. Well, what's your Why is the sending migrants uh, to Delaware? Do you have any comment or response to that, sir? He should come visit. We have a beautiful shoreline.
He should come. He should come visit. We have beautiful shoreline. That's his message to the governor of Florida. Yeah. M- meanwhile, just to put it in perspective, so 2.1 million is basically double the population, the current population of Delaware. We've already let two two states of Delaware into the country. Wow. His rationale is. It's almost as, I mean, Kamala must have given it to him because it makes that little sense. You're so people from different countries are harder to stop than people from, uh, uh, w- w- I don't even understand what he was saying. Do you understand that? He's he he just making that excuses. the atrocities that are in those countries are so bad that it'd be inhumane to send them back to Venezuela. I mean, is that the, the point of it? I mean, at some point we have to address this head on. I mean, this is not like it was when Ellis Island was open. There is no room. The infrastructure, it's not there. It's not a, we're not building new cities. You know, why don't we start building infrastructure elsewhere? But I mean, all they do is let these poor people sit and rot on streets. I mean, the whole thing is awful from a human level to just a political level to an economic level. I mean, there's no way the system can contain the burden of this i mean it's it there's, there's got to be solutions i mean i i mean biden did hire someone to speak on his behalf you know to the people uh maybe she, she should have the answers right yeah well we i i mean let's let's find out let's go into the press briefing room for jean pierre Asked about this today. Cut three. We'll start there. G, roll that. Staying on the border and the record number of arrests that we are seeing, the president campaigned on addressing the root causes of migration. He's been in office now for almost two years. We are seeing these apprehensions reach record levels. What exactly went wrong here? So let me just give you, just to put it into context and talk a little bit about the facts of what uh, of what you just mentioned, uh, okay, the numbers great. that we have seen uh, that was announced by DHS uh, so yesterday. So first, these people are, are fleeing uh, communism, as we have said, uh, as you heard DHS say as well. F- falling authoritarian regimes in Venezuela, as Nicaragua and Cuba are causing a new migration uh, challenge across the Western Hemisphere. So what we're seeing is a new, uh, definitely a new p- pattern. So not just our our southern border as well, but our western clearly hemisphere. Uh, But meanwhile, migration from Mexico and northern uh, Central America has come down for three consecutive months and is down by by nearly half. And what we saw the increase with... uh, Stop it, Gene. uh, Just stop it. Stop stop it. I can't take it. This is like the same argument on inflation. This is the same argument like on gasoline prices. It went up $10. Oh, but it came down a dollar in the last month. The numbers at the border are outrageous. The fact that she wants to say they came down over the last three months, whoop-dee-doo, they came down. They're skyrocketing everywhere. And she tells us they came down. It's like inflation. Hey, don't worry, Scott Pelley. It only went up just a little bit. It was 8.2. It's not like it came out of nowhere. It's the same argument. They make these same arguments in everything they try to discuss. She has no idea what she's talking about. This is clearly like a new talking point now. So we're going to change it into, well, this is a new part of the world trying to get in here, don't you know? We've never had to deal with something like this as if it's different. Yeah, and the fact that they keep mentioning Cuba, which has been under communist rule since, since what, 1959, yeah. and they've been streaming here ever since. Now they're saying, oh, my goodness, there's a Cuban, Cuban problem. Are you serious? Come on. 
leaving authoritarian regimes. Yeah, what, to come to this one that we currently are under? Just I mean, they're all leaving why. some, as President Trump said, some s-hole place to come here. <clears throat> That's always been that. That's no different. Yeah. I mean, so what is she talking about? All right, G, pick up that clip. Go ahead. Venezuela and Cuba is up by 121%. So there is a change in the pattern uh, that we have seen most recently. But what we are doing, what we can to work with our regional partners uh, to address this new challenge and process individuals as safely, orderly, and humane way, that is a, a, a campaign commitment that the president has made and continues uh, to move forward with. But you have to remember that not everyone who arrives at the border gets to stay. There is a process uh, in place place that we have been moving forward with. You heard us uh, talk about the individual encounters at the border has increased uh, in this year uh, in historically than any other year. DHS continues to expel migrants as required by court order G. under CDC's title. <laughs> I mean, it's just gibberish. As someone said in the chat last night about Biden, right? Talking gibberish about gibberish. That's all she does is gibberish. She she wants to she wants you to believe that they have any of this under control. The, you notice there's it's, it's like you know it's it's like your kids as you as you raise your kids and then then they start to get into the situations where they have to not they don't tell you the whole truth and they start to lie about it and they can't keep the story straight. But they want you just to believe so bad that they've got it right or they've got it under control. I mean. It's it's such gibberish at this point. These people have nothing under control. The numbers are are outrageous. We can't even sustain the numbers. They want to give twelve or or more million still. Even we're not even talking about dreamers still. I mean, think about the numbers that we're talking about. I mean, it's just crazy. And she wants you to believe they've got it all under control. All right, more news, sports coming up. What even is that? Top of the hour is this English coming up too. It's a doozy. Might be my favorite one ever. on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. More news coming up. Rick Delgado's got What Even Is That? Top of the hour. Make sure you stay tuned for that as well. Right now, let's do some sports and get caught up with the man at Slick Rick Sports on Getter Twitter. Rick Amorati, what's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D, well, sad news for Dodger Blue. Dodgers lost another legend. They lost Vin Scully, their great announcer for many years earlier in the summer. And then, uh, well, Maury Wills, the great Dodger legend, passed away at the age of 89 last night. This is from Larry Brown Sports. Um, the Dodgers shared a photo of Wills and said they were saddened that he passed away. He played 14 seasons in Major League Baseball from 1959 to 72, absolutely the golden years of baseball. He played 12 seasons with the Dodgers and part of a season with Montreal and two with the Pirates. The five foot eleven shortstop was known for his defense and speed. He led the league in steals six times during his career, including in 1962 when he stole 104 bases. He won the NLV MVP that year in addition to two uh, golden gloves he received during his career. Wills was a five-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner, and one-time NL MVP. Another great one passes on. Just wanted to get that in and mention it. And, uh, well, here's a wild story. 
Beyond Meat COO arrested for allegedly chopping on a man's nose outside Razorback Stadium in Arkansas. Sure. You can listen to yeah. this story. Talk about having a beef over a traffic incident. The uh, chief uh, operating officer for the plant-based oh, meat company this. Beyond Meat mm-hmm. has been arrested for chomping on a man's nose during a fight outside Razorback Stadium in Arkansas. The incident reportedly occurred in the Razorback Stadium parking lot on Saturday when the Beyond Meat executive Doug Ramsey leaped out of his Bronco and punched the back windshield of a moving Subaru because the driver nudged his front passenger's side tire, according to the police report, KNWA-TV. And this story is running out of Breitbart. Uh, just after 10 p.m., an officer was dispatched to gate 15 for a disturbance that had previously occurred in the stadium drive parking garage. The responding officer found two males with bloody faces at the scene. The officer spoke with both parties and the witness and determined that Ramsey was allegedly in the traffic lane of the structure, attempting to leave when a Subaru, Subaru inched its way in front of Ramsey's Bronco, making contact with the front passenger's tire. Ramsey got out his vehicle and allegedly punched through the back of the windshield of the Subaru, according to the report. The owner of the Subaru then got out. They went back and forth. And, uh, well, Ramsey launched out and bit the guy's face, bit him right in the nose. Just an absolutely crazy story. So he was arrested for the charges of terroristic threatening and third-degree battery and booked in the Washington County Jail. Beyond Meat has often touted itself as a future meat alternative to better combat climate change. By shifting from animal to plant-based meat, we can positively affect the planet, the environment, the climate, and then ourselves after all, the positive choices that we make every day, no matter how small, can have a great impact on our world, Beyond Meat says on its mission page. But uh, I got to tell you, you talk about a song, that, a story that just went hog wild, Big D. Bad news. Yeah, so. he was um, he was officially uh, terminated, on, put on suspension, I believe, from the company today. If I don't think officially terminated. I think they used the word suspended with, I'm sure, termination coming. Incredible. But, uh, I mean, that's just, well, you know, I, at first, I thought that was crazy, and then I thought about the fact that if Slick Rick was laying points, they'll say at the Arkansas game, <laughs> and they did cover at the end. I don't know, Slick Rick. Could you get out to the car without having a similar incident? I'm not so you sure. You never know. You've seen me uh, how wild I get when I'm losing. You know how I get with the Cowboys. So you're right, Big yeah. D. You could be right on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And that's did, a rapid sports. Did I hear the guy say that nose is the other white meat? I don't know. <laughs> sorry, it's just a meatless thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll do some more sports with Slick Rick coming up. What even is that top of the hour as well? So, tried to pick a winner. Um, there's a piece today because I want this to be on your radar the closer we get to the election. And as we've talked about, um, as the Democrats really crank up the narratives here, the Trump narrative, what's going on with him, the abortion narrative. And they've got their surrogates out there in the media running with all of these things nonstop 24 seven. That girl from NPR who's in the I mean, she's just, she's unbelievable. She makes these TV rounds and says one wild thing that's more wild out one, uh, one interview after another. It's, it's unbelievable the things that she's talking about. She says today, I can't think of her name. It doesn't matter. She's an idiot. Uh, I got I got friends who are Republicans who have never voted. They're going to vote Democratic because of the uh, they're they're into the abortion thing. Okay. Um, so there's a piece today by Robert Smith that basically you know keep focused on the goal here. He says Democrats are scared. Don't kid yourself. It's less than two months till election day, whatever that means anymore. Early voting is starting to gear up. Reliable polls, which would be Trafalgar Group and Rasmussen, show Republicans gaining. 
Even the Real Clear Politics average of major polls that includes corporate media sponsored or cited surveys show Democrats flirting uh, with a trifling 1.1% edge in the generic congressional ballot. That's bad news for Democrats. Corporate media polls are giving Nate Cohen, the New York Times polls stir, uh, the willies. Cohen is well aware of poll flaws. He just sounded a blue alert for the Democrats. He said Democrat Senate candidates are outrunning expectations in the same places where the polls overestimated Mr. Biden in 2020 and Hillary Clinton in 2016. That's a polite way of saying the big media polls are skewed. Cohn cites a failure to make significant changes, which translated means in part, a lot of polls oversample Democrats like they always have. Even with slanted polls, Democrats are struggling. Republicans are positioned to rack up a whole heap of wins come November. Democrat consultants are well aware of the bleak prospect. Of course, to win, Republican campaigns can't be vapid. They must be tough, issue-driven enterprises. Serving up tapioca to voters is a sure way to squander opportunities. And let me just pause here in saying all of the races that we've been talking about that Mitch McConnell told us. Well, well I've got some good candidates in here. I just, I'm going to pull the money from Blake Masters. All the races that McConnell has blabbered his big mouth about are all razor tight right now. You look in Georgia, Herschel Walker has a two-point lead over the communist that he's running against, uh, Warnock. In Ohio, J.D. Vance, he's right in the race of whoever the communist is that he's running against. The Ryan? Tim Ryan. Yeah. Tim Ryan. Oz and Fetterman, shockingly, might be the one that needs the most help. I, I do not understand that. I know Delgado tells me that the polls are way off there. I hope he's right. I do not understand how this guy can, even against somebody like Dr. Oz, who I was no fan of him being the nominee, but here he is, and, and we got, we, he's got to win. But that, that race is within, I think, one or two points if you even believe the polls. But, but Delgado, you don't even believe the polls there. No, because, because like you said, they're oversampled Democratic. So, of course, they're going to be off. Now, if you even out those numbers, he's probably got a uh, – Oz has probably got a 7- to 10-point lead, probably. Sa same with uh, – same down in Georgia. Georgia, he, uh, Herschel's probably got a 10-point lead, easily. I think so, yeah. Because – Let's face it, when you hear this guy talk, and he talks, to, he, you see him do these speeches, the crowd soaks him up because he's one of them. That's all they need. They don't need this, this, this preacher from oh, Brooklyn coming down and, and telling everybody, oh, this is, I'm your senator. They've seen through it. They, they like Herschel. He's a nice yeah. person. He comes he's across nice as one of them. And I'm sorry, that... That t that does a lot when it comes to who am I going to vote for? Well, I don't, uh, th this guy's one of us. I'm going to vote for him. He He's said something like very few politicians say. Yeah. He said, I'm going to unite people. I'm here to unite people. There a lot of people out there are saying that we're racist and we're an evil country. Well, I want to bring us together. And that message is going to resonate with a lot of people. I don't know why, you know, why the Republican Party is not talking. Look, the parties have flipped we're for the working men. We're for the regular folk. 
who just want to be left alone and bring people together. All right, we'll get to some more of this when we get back. What even is that coming up as well? Top of the hour. Glad you're in. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Two live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's got what even is that coming up? Rick Amarati's got sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Real America's voice. Remember, we're going to be off on Friday for the big Trump rally. And I believe the actual rally is Friday night this week. Geez, isn't the actual rally on Friday night? Oh, uh, I got to double check on that. I'm not 100% sure. All right, I sent you something in your email today for that. Uh, I believe the actual rally is Friday night, so we're off on Friday night. Uh, but, of course, Real America's Voice will have great coverage, as they always do, for another Trump rally. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that on Friday night. So lots to do here in Hour 2. We'll do some more news. We'll do some more sports. We'll get to the governor of Florida, who kind of responded to some of the wacky lunatic Democrats commenting on... Um, well, the inhumanity of him sending 50 illegal immigrants with pamphlets, by the way, which is the best part of the whole story, preparing them to <laughs> arrive at Martha's Vineyard to give them a little lay of the land. <laughs> Should have sent them with the bathing pamphlets suits. about Martha's Vineyard there in Massachusetts <laughs> that he handed out. So he's always a couple steps ahead of everybody. So he responded today. We'll get to that. We have an Is This English, which, I mean, it's just maybe, maybe, maybe one of the great. I mean, let me just say this. She's done it again. Oh. <laughs> She's done it again. Uh, and then we have another LOL of the day uh, as well. So we'll get to all of that. But I've been looking forward to this right now, the whole show, because I can't wait to see what this is about. Right now, it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with what even is that? All right. Well, thank you, Damon. And I'm glad you've been you've been patiently waiting. But But as you know... You know, the past couple days, we have been packed with stuff. News about migrants at, at Martha's Vineyard. And, and, of course, the angry old guy on 60 Minutes telling his stuff. Yeah. There was something else that happened. I don't know if you caught it. And I'm, glad, I'm sure you think you'll be glad to know that Hillary Clinton has one thing to say to us all. Oh. After we tossed one old broad in the ground last week, well, just like that, another one Rick. crawls out of the ground to take its place. <laughs> Look at that. They just can't let us go, can they? Much like herpes, this infection never really goes away, does it? Well, we just seem like we carry it around, like luggage. 
you know, and if you missed it, here's what I am talking about. Hillary, take I'm as excited to see all of you um, as I could be. Please be seated. Uh, we're having a wonderful um, set of commitments and discussions this afternoon. Uh, if you've uh. been to CGI before, welcome back. I ran into somebody who said, oh, I'm so excited. I'm seeing people I haven't seen for five years. I think we all feel that way. Yeah. Did you hear that? Five years. That's right. CGI, also known as the Clinton Grifting Initiative, has been pretty much shuttered <laughs> for about five years and taken much money and much to their delight. Uh, you know, yeah. these people were very happy to hear about that. But like I said, like any disease, if you don't kill it at its source, it will only come back to rear its ugly head again, <laughs> looking to inflict even yeah. more pain and damage. Oof. Take a listen to more of what she had to say. Oh my God. You know, the last time uh, CGI was held back in uh, September of 2016, a year that shall live in infamy, um, I think it's fair to say uh, that the world was in a very different place. Yes, 2016, a year that will definitely live in infamy as the year that the Clinton Grifting Initiative was disrupted by... Hi, perhaps you recognize me. It's your favorite president. Yes, and because of him and his election, we were treated to four glorious years of butthurt Hillary telling anyone and everyone how she was robbed. You know, she was basically being an election denier. But now with bumbling and babbling Joe in the White House. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to foot him uh, foot, foot. I was going to foot him. Uh, foot, <laughs> I was going to foot him. Uh, exactly. And, and strangely, something going on in the Ukraine, the most corrupt place on earth. An old face has also resurfaced just in time. No, not oh, that one. God. This face belongs to the other one and the only John Podesta. Yes. Yep, just as the U.S. tax money spigot has been reopened and is gushing all over the country of the Ukraine, who comes a-running? Ah, the Clinton's old pizza delivery boy, John. That's right. You see, according to this article, John Podesta, the former Clinton official, has been named by Joe Biden earlier this month to serve as a senior advisor to the president for clean energy innovation and implementation. But of course... The climate change grift and the pizza guy will be in charge of allocating $370 billion in taxpayer funds from the Democrats' climate and health care spending bill, which passed in August without any Republican support. Hey, what could possibly go wrong? Well, for that, let's ask former Haitian Senate, Pre uh, Senate President Bernard Sanserich what his experience has been working with the Clinton grifting initiative. People are giving money worldwide to the Clinton Foundation for relief effort to Haiti. Uh -huh. Contributed about $14.3 billion. We're talking about billion. billion dollars. Okay? And n the Haitian people has not seen not even 2% of that money. 2%? Nothing was done in Haiti. Yeah. And like I said, what could possibly go wrong? But if you're Hillary, well, it's, it's always CGI. about opportunities. And never letting a good crisis go to waste. And what better crisis than a war in Ukraine, climate change, and a weak Joe Biden. And now that she has her Epstein Island sous chef in there, she'll be looking to order a large pie with everything. 
And don't worry about the cost because we're going to pay for it. Look, I don't know about you, but I'm about done with all these people. They need to be retired once and for all. And the best way to make sure that gets done is up to us. We, the people, need to make sure that we extinguish this fungus once and for all. And since they don't make a cream to get rid of it, this November will be the only medicine that will truly work in the U.S. We need to get out there and we need to vote. Vote to retire these people once and for all. And in doing so, we take away their power and ship them off someplace where they can walk towards the light. You know, from whence they came. No one likes him, and no one likes her. That's why this video is so popular. I mean, look at this. 259 views and 16 likes? Those are Biden-esque numbers. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs since President Biden took office. Yeah, uh, or something close to it. Look, that's just further proof that not only are these people idiots, but that we are the majority and we will win. Damon, back to you. All right, Rick Delgado, what even is that? Very good, very nice. Thank you. That should, that should have finished with the uh, Ants uh, clip with the Hopper, you're, you're just one. We're many, because that's exactly what it felt like. I mean, that was that was good. I mean, uh, to me, I, I just can't believe what these people are going to get away with again. I just keep getting away with it. Yeah, and, and they're back. I, you know, uh, look at look at it all. It, it's Ukraine. It's it's the money that they keep sending over there. And guess what? They're cranking up. Bill Clinton is back as well. Yeah, all the all the all, all the, the old players are back in. Yeah, that's right. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. I mean, they've they, gotten away um, with so much. Yeah. The fact that she calls it, or they they call it, not, I mean, I can't believe someone around them didn't say didn't say to them, "Well, no, C, CGI may not be the best, may not be the best three letters to call this because most people think it's made up and not it's phony and not really there, anyways." At least the money, uh, but the fact that they call it CGI is just is amusing to me. Well, that that they but, they uh, almost like that. They almost like it, like in plain sight. They like to like flaunt it in your face, mm-hmm. like. You know that's that's kind of the uh, the mo. Yeah. All right. Very good, Rick. That was great. Um, God, she just can't go away. She just can't go away. (laughs) No matter how many times she tells us she's going to go away, she just can't go away. But um, I hope she runs in twenty twenty four. Bring it on. Who was it? John Oliver that said said to Trump, "Do it." Yeah, come on, Hillary, do it. <laughs> did you um did you happen to see Not So Sunny Hostin this morning on the view oh. talking or actually maybe it was Joy Behar this morning. She said um Amp Trump she said uh hold on. <laughs> if uh, Trump's not in jail if Trump's not in jail, she says, maybe um maybe Biden's the one to beat him if Trump runs. Now if he's in jail, Maybe Gavin Newsom should run. That'd be good. And then she says, maybe, maybe Newsom with uh, Stacey Abrams. Wow, what a ticket that would be. And then there's the drone audience. Talk about a power couple, huh? Oof. Newsom and Abrams. Okay. So, you know, when you think about that, as many times as Hillary says she won't run, I mean, I can't imagine the party would actually run Newsom and Abrams. 
who do they run? We, I, I brought this up, I guess, I think a week ago, right, as we were going to come, uh, or maybe ending the show or going to break. Like, realistically, who is the person? You know, on our side, you can go through three, four, five, six people who could possibly run, and we could have a hard-fought primary, and I have no problem with that happening. I think iron sharpens iron. I think that'll be good for whoever ends up coming out, if it's President Trump, if he decides to run, if it's anyone else. Who do the Democrats run? I mean, I guess they have to run Biden if he says he's going to do it in Harris as much as they're going to hold their nose if that happens. Right. Although I suspect the push in the back uh, behind the scenes is going to be for him obviously not to run. Yeah. And I saw, speaking of that, I saw the governor of New Jersey this morning on CNBC talking about um, the state of New Jersey. But then he said something and it got my, got my, mind turning he said uh, because most politicians are not doing this now granted he's the governor he just got reelected he doesn't have to really necessarily worry but he says um he was asked about biden running and he said well it's going to be up for the president to decide but i told him when i saw him a few weeks ago that if he runs he'll have no more staunch supporter than me if he wants to run and i thought to myself well there's no politician that's going to say that this year. And then I thought to myself, well, if they start saying that, you could probably take that to mean he that they're going to get, he's not going to run because why would they, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Like if you start to hear a lot of Democrats go, yeah, Biden runs, I'm going to support him. I, I, I'm with the president. I'm going to support him big time. Right, because I want him out in. here. I'm going to campaign for him. I want him campaigning <laughs> for me. That to me is the first signal when you start hearing that, if we start hearing that, that he's not going to run, that they're pushing him out because no one's going to tie themselves to him if he legitimately is going to run. Do, do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that makes sense. That, that kind of exposes yeah. the fix. But what about, okay, so if he doesn't run, Kamala's going to think, well, you know what? This is mine. I'm the vice president. This is my right. I'm, I'm the leader of the party now if he's going to step down. She's, she's, that's going to be her argument. <laughs> it's my time to shine. Yeah. Uh, God, can you imagine? Her? Could you imagine her stopping? I would just encourage anyone who. I would encourage her or anyone else who thinks that to stay tuned for our "Is This English?" <laughs> that's coming up. We get back. the blues which means i'm going to talk to you about our friends at birch gold group philip patrick will join us tomorrow night on the perfect day because we're going to hear from the federal reserve jerome powell tomorrow and we're going to see what his decision is on rate hikes 75 a full 100 basis points what's it going to be two-year treasuries doing the um bond markets doing the work for him it's already at basically four percent so there's some people say, just rip the Band-Aid off and go a full 150 basis points tomorrow. Let's get to 4%. I mean, 
I think the market would absolutely nuke to the bottom if that was to happen. I don't think it'll even go 100. I think 75 is probably in the cards. That's because uh, inflation continues to rise, or at least stay hot, stay sticky. Certainly um, wages in the services area. So you've got to consider your financial alternatives. What do you do if the value of the dollar continues to um, depreciate? Now, at least they're controlling the M2 money supply. So hopefully that they can get that down and unload the balance sheet. But inflation is clearly still a problem. Your purchasing power is still going out the window at the rate of 8.5% a year. So you got to consider your financial alternatives. And one of the things to consider is physical gold and silver. And of course, the folks we talked to there are our friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold, experts in precious metals. An A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of satisfied customers. And most importantly, they'll give you options. You can buy gold points. You can convert an existing IRA to a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA account. So here's how you get started. Text the word America. Send it to 989898. That's right. Text the word America from your mobile phone. Send it to 989898. And Birch Gold will send you a free information kit with absolutely no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. Get the facts. Get started today. You have nothing to lose. Text the word America to 989898. And get started with our friends from Birch Gold. Let them show you how owning gold and silver could help protect that savings all right 19 past the hour live from studio 6b let's do some sports and here with sports is the man at slick rick sports on getter twitter sports sponsored by mike lindell uh mypillow.com slash lfs6b use our code lfs6b at checkout What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, let's get you caught up. Major League Baseball, good one in the AL Central. Right now, the White Sox are trailing the Guardians by four games. They're in action tonight in Chicago. Top of the second, no score. We're going to track that because the White Sox do have a chance of catching Cleveland. So uh, we will definitely keep on top of that. Yankees right now over Pittsburgh, four to three, end of six. Yankees lead Toronto by five and a half games. Just about man, 15 games to go in the season. Mets are in a little trouble tonight. They trail three nothing uh, versus the Brewers in Milwaukee. That's the bottom of the fifth as the Braves were looking to catch the Mets. Only one game behind in the NL East. Braves 2-0 over the Nats. Top of the sixth inning. So Major League Baseball heating up. we got about three really good divisional races we'll be watching as we wind down the season for 2022, heading into the October fall playoffs. And uh, here's a good story. Speaking of Tim Ryan earlier, Representative Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio, running for Ohio's open United Senate seat. Attack Republican J. Vance for skipping out on an Ohio football game that he too skipped. This is John Binder of Breitbart, loving Breitbart. Uh, while Vance held a rally with former President Donald Trump last Saturday evening in Youngstown, Ohio, Ryan attacked the Republican candidate for scheduling the event on the same night as the Ohio State University versus the University of Toledo football game. And that was a close game, as we might remember. <laughs> anyway, Ryan sent out a series of posts attacking Vance uh, as a trans a transplant to Ohio, even as his family famously has roots in Middletown, Ohio, uh, where his uh, best-selling memoir, Hillbilly Elgie, is set. That same Saturday night, as Ryan was attacking Vance <laughs> for holding a Trump rally at the same time as the college football game, the Democratic congressman was also skipping the game and instead officiated at a wedding for, relative, for a relative, according to the Daily Mail. Sure. Tim Ryan has not only spent the last two weeks childishly attacking J.D. Vance for missing the very Ohio State game that he himself knew he was going to miss, he even had his staff live-tweet commentary of the game from his Twitter account to deceptively cover up the fact 
fact that he wasn't watching, a spokesman for Vance told the Daily Mail. On issues big and small, Tim Ryan has once again proven that he's willing to lie about anything to try to trick Ohioans into voting for him, the spokesman said. What a shameless fraud. Boy, using the Buckeyes? What a cop-out that was. Some story. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's it's not too dissimilar to telling you inflation is um, good and, and it's only up 0.1 and it's like telling you that the border is secure and it's like telling you they don't care. They just say these things. It's like Biden when he gives these speeches. I keep saying, he just made that up. He just made that up. He just made that up. They just yep. say things. They don't. There's no accountability. There's no one's going to hold him to account. There's no one that's going to say anything to him. So he has free will to say that. Hey, Tim, do you want to say that? You know, you're not at the game either. It doesn't matter. Just say it. It doesn't matter. There's no one who's going to hold us accountable. Yeah. No different than Jean-Pierre when she speaks as well. Same thing. So Canelo Alvarez uh, closes trilogy with Gennady Golovkin with a unanimous decision win. This is Mike Kopinger of ESPN. Big fight. We kind of fell under the radar over the weekend. Didn't get a chance to report on last night. But Las Vegas, after the final bell in 36 rounds together, Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin shared a long embrace, apparently ending a feud that grew personal over the last five years since they first met in the ring. And yet another close fight, Alvarez retained his undisputed super middleweight championship Saturday at T-Mobile Arena with a unanimous decision victory over his longtime rivalry in a trilogy bout before a raucous pro-Alvarez crowd on Mexican Independence Day weekend. Two judges scored at 115-113 for Alvarez, while a third judge had it 116-112. Alvarez is now improved to 58-2-2 with 39 KOs, and Triple G Golovkin falls to 42-2-1 KOs. So again, big fight, but you know, MMA is kind of taking over and we kind of fell under the radar, Big D, but I wanted to get that in, and that's a wrap in sports. Back to you. Yeah, Triple G said that he, uh, looking back on that fight, he shouldn't have started as slow as he did, and he he thought that's what cost him the fight, but I don't know. He won four of the last five rounds. Yeah. It didn't seem like it was a, uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like it was a blazer of a fight. I don't know. Boxing is just like you said. If you gave me boxing or at UFC, I take UFC seven days a week and twice on Sunday. I mean, it's not even. There's no boxing match I could imagine that would get my attention more than a U that any UFC, even UFC Fight Night or any of the even lower, not you know, pay per view ones get. Yeah. Tyson Fury and Mike Tyson. That'd be a good fight. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Not a chance. That's a has-been. That would go up so. in smoke. That's a wrap. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. MyPillow.com. LFS6B is the code at checkout. Let's do some news. News is brought to you by Seven Cells. What's going on, Paul Nolan? So um, the World Economic Forum and and, uh, and other globalists are meeting in New York. The sustainability meetings are there now. Um, the the highlights of this meeting is called Sustainable Development Impact Meetings. Um, the meetings are. Did answered you get an invite? And, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I went. Yeah, I went in there eating three burgers. You know, um, <laughs> flagellants everywhere. I drove my muscle car <laughs> down the street. You know. <laughs> And then AOC shot me. Um, and so they're answering uh, Antonio uh, Guterres's call for um, and recommendations for action. Uh, the meetings will bring together communities of purpose, which integrate business leaders, policymakers, international and civil uh, society organizations, innovators and entrepreneurs. And the people on this list are all the globalists that we know. So. This is from uh, Jack Brasovic's, like, this is, I'm going to paraphrase his article because it's so long. Um, he just talked about that this is the World Economics 
forum's plan to turn lockdown compliance into cl climate change compliance, citing the forum's own words, which demonstrate the desire to squash political resistance to its agenda. They're talking about how personal carbon allowance programs will be given in order to ensure that people comply to the new climate change restrictions. They also note that the improvements in tracking and surveillance technology are helping to overcome political resistance against such programs. In 2020, in the 2022 World Economic Forum identified the climate crisis as the top global risk, specifically name it, naming it climate action failure. Uh, the planet cannot wait is uh, one of their bullet points. Uh, extreme weather is a bullet point. Climate action failure is a bullet point. Biodiversity loss. And it just goes on and on and on. I'm going to post this uh, on my getter page because I know we have no time again. All right, Paul, I'll get you an Uber. Tomorrow for day two of the conference, bring you into New York City. They'll pick you up at 9 a.m. <laughs> and it'll be a Prius. on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's doing news. Slick Rick's going to do a little more sports. Rick Delgado did a great What Even Is That tonight. If you missed it, make sure you can check it out on all of our social media. It'll be up there in the next couple days, maybe by tomorrow. Um, his What Even Is That tonight was great. You can check that out. Follow us on all our social media at LFS6B on almost everything that we actually use. Instagram, <laughs> LFS6B show, but there's not much there, so I wouldn't even bother going there. Facebook, Twitter, Getter, of course, True Social, all at LFS6B. Uh, so I want to get back because obviously we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about as I've as I've tried to continue to raise the red flag on some of these Republicans and Mitch McConnell's pro the Mitch McConnell problem that we always have. Um, I do feel like things in the last couple of weeks have seemingly got it, gotten more focused. You look at these races, like I was saying. Um, but let, I mean, let's remember what we're up against, though. The spin is going to be hard from the Democrats. The media is going to be there in their back pocket like they always are. I know Chuck Schumer came out and said, oh, yeah, we probably lose the House. But, I, I, you know, that, that's, not, that's not the normal thing you'll hear from them. And they'll ramp it up, and, and they'll focus, and they'll, they'll try to distract, make it all about Trump, as, as they try to do. Uh, as we get closer and closer to these midterms. So back to this piece that basically says, let's keep our focus, you know, let's let's keep our eye on the prize here. What's the goal? And don't be distracted by the Democrats. They're, they're gaslighting. They're always, uh, we got them this time with Trump and um, everything else that they're going to try to do. And the media's in full, they're in full swing. If you've paid any attention to any of these shows, not that I try to watch any of them because I have some standards and I like to keep my food down, but I mean, they're in full swing <laughs> with, um, with all of this already. So just to finish this, um, a further noteworthy complication for the pollsters is the Democrats' multi-year campaign to suppress the Republican vote. By the way, let me tell you where they didn't do a good job of that, and that would be in Florida. If you look at new, register new registered voters in Florida, the Republican Party has hundreds of thousands. I believe the Democratic number, and I could be wrong about this. I'm just going off the top of my head. I think there was about 17,000 new Democratic 
voters registered in the state of Florida. While the Republicans, I believe, had somewhere close to 200,000. So in Florida, it hasn't worked. I wonder why. Uh, the Epic Times quotes the Trafalgar Group, uh, Robert Kaleli, about that problem. He says, this voter intimidation in past cycles led to hidden voters that most polling undercounted. Therefore, Trump's support in key battleground states exceeded expectations. Now, the Biden administration has essentially classified MAGA Republicans as a threat to democracy, marshalling federal law enforcement to focus on them. This move has created a new type of voter that will be even harder to poll or even estimate going into the midterms. Democrats are in a pickle. The cynical attacks by Biden on MAGA Americans, the unjustified raid by the rogue FBI on, on Mar-a-Lago, and the subpoenas targeting dozens of high-profile Trump allies are proof. The aim of this un-American anti-rights program is short and long-term. Yes, it's about the ongoing attempts at voter suppression, but it's also about rallying and mobilizing the Democrats' dispirited voter base come November. That's what the Counterfeit Inflation Reduction Act and the Student Loan Forgiveness Ploy are also all about. The Democrats are trying to buy votes. This isn't new. Democrats have been paying off voters since Andrew Jackson. The act is to man-made climate change zealots and green energy outfits. Biden and congressional Democrats are taking our tax money, hiking the government debt. It's now almost 31 trillion and climbing, 31 trillion and climbing to line the pockets of environmental groups and solar panel, man solar panel manufacturers and middlemen, among others. Student loan forgiveness mostly targets Democrat or Democrat-leaning voters, younger voters. It's a forced wealth transfer from working and middle-class Americans who are struggling to pay their bills. Our tax dollars are going to Democrat constituents who obtained expensive degrees and want an easy out from their obligations. So I'll post the rest of this article. It's, it's long. And therefore, I, I mean, again, I think it, the, the main crux of the article is we're just drowned by the media telling us, oh, the red wave is not such a red wave anymore. Oh, this is, oh, that. And then you've got the, all their spokesmen and all their mouthpieces and all these phonies in the White House briefing room every day and then out there doing the shows. And uh, we have to keep our eye on the prize. And it's good to see the, the Herschel Walker race close. The J.D. Vance race close. We hope that the Dr. Oz race is close um, because we need to win all three of those races. We need to win all three of those races and we need to win every state legislature and as many governorships as possible. Hopefully Lee Zeldin has a chance here in New York, but we need to turn out. We need to turn out and we need to turn out. I mean, and all of these candidates need to keep focused on the message <clears throat> and not let Mitch McConnell do his normal nonsense, what he tried to do with Blake Masters, and thank God for the Heritage uh, found Heritage Group, Action Heritage Action Committee step in and replace five of the $8 million that stupid McConnell pulled out of there. What were you going to say? No, you, was, you said it best. You just got to turn out. You know, we know that, that I, I mean, at least I believe from the bottom of my heart, there has been all kinds of every trick in the book 
to keep their gravy train running, to keep their communist agenda running, to keep the Marxist, whatever you want to call it. And it's aided and embedded by the monsters on top, the corporate elite. They're just the fascists, I guess you could say, crushing them from the top and the Marxists from the bottom, and they'll cheat at every level. They'll run cover for one another. You know, you're seeing all kinds of chicanery, you know, with, 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 with the census people. I mean, there's a lot of evidence now that the census people were asking people to fill out forms and fill out voter registrations. It's just, it's been one thing after another. And, um, you know, when the Democrats get caught or they lose, they, you know, they're not, you're not calling anybody, you know, election deniers, but right away, they've got that really convenient ad hominem attack, that simple label that leaves the, you know, um, the cognitive dissidents, that leaves the intellectually dishonest or frail, uh, their little talking point that they can just say that name and label you and the conversation's over and there's no reasoning, there's no discussing, there's no sharing evidence. They just regurgitate every bullet point that their their truth machine gave them. And it's, uh, it's it, it, we have to get out and vote, man. If everybody in New York is, you know, gets out, all 5 million conservatives get out, what, 2 million votes took it last year? The governorship, uh, 2 I million votes I don't know what the number, I don't know what the numbers were in New York. I don't, I don't know, but I know that you're always up against the 8 million people in New York City. I believe. And I, I said to somebody that. today, I'm sorry, Paul, go ahead. No, please go, go. We're having such a bad uh, connection. I said to I somebody, I said to somebody today, speaking in New York City, they said to me, "So, what do you think? Uh, what do you, what do you think's what do you think's going to happen in uh, you know in, in in come November? Is there going to be a lot of change?" And I said, "Well, I certainly hope so." And he and he went on to ask about New York and if Zeldin has a chance. And I said, "Well, I mean, listen, if the polls are even close to right, he's at least in the race." And then I said to him, "I said, but I got to tell you." I said, and I don't know who you voted for. I, I didn't ever ask him. I don't know who he voted for. Where, where is political? I don't even know where he, you know what he's where he lies. It doesn't matter. I said, you know, if you voted for Biden or you voted for Hochul, of course she's unelected. But if you uh, Alvin Bragg, if you've been into New York City, if you live in New York City, and you're uh, you're the left of left. I mean, I can't imagine that people are walking around the city going, yeah, this is what I want my city to be like. This is this is the New York City I want people to come from around the world and see. This is the Big Apple. This is the heart of uh, the financial, uh, you know, the financial everything that goes on in America. Th this is it. This is the way it's supposed to be. I mean, I, I just, you know, I can't imagine people looking at their bills, looking at the crime, looking at gasoline, looking at inflation, looking at mortgage payments, looking at rents. And most importantly, looking at schools, looking at the crime in the neighborhoods, think, oh, yeah, I got to slam it in on Hochul, no doubt about it. And uh, Eric Adams is great, and I love Alvin Bragg. I, I just can't imagine anybody thinks that. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, well, especially when it comes to New York City, uh, what, what's the old uh, what's the old uh, saying they used to have? If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere? Yeah. Well, now now they should change it. If you can make it alive out of there, then you can make it out alive out of anywhere. Because that's, that's after we saw the axe attack yesterday at McDonald's, I mean, that's, this is, this looks like uh, Lightfoot Chicago is, is now, is now on full display in New York. Nobody wants to go there. I don't want to go there anymore. And I used to live in there. 
And I, there's no, you're not going to catch me going through. I'll dr- I'll blow red lights to get through there as quickly as possible. I don't care. And he said that to me, by the way. He said it is an absolute. He's in there a lot. Uh, he said it's an absolute disaster. He said it's an absolute disaster. Like even more than, you know, the one or two stories that sometimes like that we played yesterday in the car driving down the sidewalk a couple weeks ago. We saw yeah. that one. He said it's even worse than that. It's just there is no place to be, even if you're going to see a Broadway show in the middle of the damn day. He said there's nowhere that you can feel 100% safe. And again, I, I say this all the time. I know I'm the naive one on the show, but you can't tell me that every New Yorker who usually just votes left blindfolded, it doesn't matter, is not stopping and thinking, Jesus, is this really the way we saw this playing out? Is this really the, what we want this our lives to be in, in, through 2024? Is this really the representation? Is this really the governor that we think is going to lead the state? As she raises taxes, more regulation, tries to attack the Second Amendment, tries to take our liberty, our rights. More and more, they want to get in our pocket. They want to be in every aspect of our lives. Tell us what we can drive, what we can eat, what we can build our houses with, what we can do, when we can turn the air conditioning on, what we, when we can turn it off. Is this really what you want? Is this really the way you want to live in New York? Even, uh, even in New York City. And you know what's even crazy about that, like on a societal level, just thinking about it, is look how close we are to teetering on, you know, what New York used to, New York City used to be like a few years back to what it is today. What, what, what they do, they did one little thing, cashless bail, let everybody out. Now look what happens. Oh, you don't want policing. Oh, you don't, you, you don't want to obey rules. That's, that is... Mm. Uh, the balancing act of our society. And it's insane when you stop and think about how, how little, all they had to do was that one little tweak and look what's, look what's happened. Look at the repercussions, look, the ripple effect of that. Oh, well, let's be nicer to the criminal. Screw the, screw the uh, law-abiding citizen. Let's be nicer to the criminal. That'll make things better. How's that working out? I saw the governor today actually question the hatchet story. That's this is this is how insane it's gotten. When you when you lose the governor on the hatchet story, when she's questioning why the guy is out, that's how you know it's just totally off the rails in New York at this point. She doesn't even understand it. That's because she did. You idiot. see that today, Rick? Yeah, she and she's an idiot. That's what it is. Because yeah. because she could fix this problem, but she doesn't want to address it. I see everybody in the getter chat obviously totally agrees um, that the, the New York City, the Big Apple, it's just, uh, you know, it's sad. I mean, I went to college on Long Island. I went to New York City a lot. I mean, it's just not what it was. All right, Sports News, we'll wrap it up when we get back. Be glad you've been a part of the show. Great show. Great. What even is that? News, sports, Geofran holding it down. As always, great stuff. We'll do some more sports uh, here in a second. 
Uh, we'll get to the governor of Florida if we have time before we end the show and his response today to some of the just absolute lunatics on the left. Uh, but let's do some sports. Hey, Slick Rick, we haven't talked. You know, this is the uh, President's Cup this week. This is a huge week in golf. I mean, these are the week. These are the weeks: Ryder Cup weeks, President Cups weeks. That we. Uh, these are the weeks we live for. President's Cup, I believe, starts Thursday. Thursday, yeah. yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or yeah, is it we'll Friday, get, we'll Saturday, get into that. Sunday, like the Ryder Cup? Yeah, Thursday we'll start covering it Thursday night. We'll cover well, maybe a little pre-story going in Wednesday, tomorrow night, but nothing's really on the radar just yet. But yeah, big weekend, big weekend. We All right, Canada reportedly will drop vaccine requirement for entry. This is originally posted on MLB Trade Rumors, Dara McDonald. Uh, according to a report from Eric Atkins and Robert Fife of The Globe and Mail, the government of Canada is planning to drop its COVID-19 vaccine requirement for people entering the country by September 30th. If this report eventually proves true, it will have significant ramifications for the sporting world, especially with the hockey and basketball seasons both set to begin in October. For the baseball world, this will primarily impact the Blue Jays and their opponents, with Toronto being the only Canadian team in Major League Baseball, and they have a really good shot. Uh, right now, they're in the number one seed for the wild card, so most likely they'll be playing some baseball in Canada come October. The requirement, which went into effect back in January 22, prevented travelers, as we know, uh, who had not been vaccinated against COVID from entering the country. It's impacted teams. Some teams have had to trim their roster by 10 players, like the Kansas City Royals. They couldn't bring their players in. Absolutely crazy. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, be nice to see the Blue Jays get in there, too. They're always an interesting club to see. And uh, getting just keeping with the baseball theme, Big D, Eastern Oliverson, remember him, the young man with the Little League who fell out of the bunk bed? Well, his family is suing Little League Baseball. This is uh, over the uh, Little League World Series bunk bed fall. This is Eastern Oliverson's family is now suing Little League League Baseball after the 12-year-old was injured in a fall from the bunk bed at the Little League World Series last month, claiming the org's uh, negligence contributed to his accident and subsequent injuries. The suit obtained by TMZ Sports was filed in Philadelphia County last week, one month after it was reported that Oliverson suffered a fractured skull and brain bleed following a fall from his bed at the Little League World Series. In the docks, Oliverson's family alleges that the beds at the Little League World Series were not safe because they did not have proper railing attached to them. The flame family claims in the docks Little League was negligent for allowing the bed to exist in a dangerous condition, adding it really contributed to Olverson's fall. And really what they want to do is, is summing it up. It's $50,000 is what they're seeking, which is not a lot of money. This young man is still dealing with a lot. I'm sure they've incurred some additional copay costs, as we all know, with medical. It can always add up. Their attorney, Ken Fuglietti, says, um, while Eastern returned home following several uh, surgeries, he's plagued with seizures and is battling health issues daily. But he did say the family really is doing this in hopes that they can avoid this ever happening again to future players and I think that's really important that they're doing that and, and saying that and coming out so very unfortunate situation thankfully the young man did make it through surgery so and just real quick Guardians right now one nothing over the White Sox bottom of the third Brewers continue to lead the Mets 4-3 bottom six Pirates and Yankees locked at four bottom seven and Braves and Nats two to one bottom seven Braves win Mets lose we got a lock in uh, first place for the East in the NL so keeping an eye on that Big D wrapping sports back to you all right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. I don't know if you heard me before, but let me just say the President's Cup, the America's team, is really going to be very similar to me and Paul. And the world team is going to be Ed and Zen Jr. And so the American team is going yeah. to smoke the world <laughs> like me and Paul are going to smoke Ed Henry and Zen Jr. at the RAV Open. So just I want to just make a point of that. When you're watching the President's Cup, just think of me and Paul as America okay. and think of the other two as the rest of the world that no one really cares about, and then you'll have it pretty much straight. So that's how that's going to go down. <laughs> let's see how this um, works out. All right, let's get, to is, <laughs> let's get to is this English. 
Everybody get out your notepads, get your pens out, get your ears perked up, and I want you to listen and try to come up with what the word of the day is. Is this English? Roll it, G. So we invested an additional $12 billion into community banks because we know community banks are in the community mm. and understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community. <laughs> I don't even think I need to run it again. I don't think I even need to run it again for everybody. Let me go around here. Uh, Rick Amirati, do you know what the word of the day is? Yeah, communicable disease. <laughs> okay, Rick Delgado, do you know what the word of the day is? Uh, Reverend Al's favorite word, the community. <laughs> okay, Paul Nolan, I'm sure you came up with the answer as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Rick, Bob. Um, you know, <laughs> this is like match game. Gene Rayburn should be doing this one. We times an additional $12 billion into community banks. Because we know community banks are in the community. Wow, really? And understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community. <laughs> That's five times. That's five communities in one sentence. Five communities in one <laughs> sentence. That's exactly right. I, w I want to punch her. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it from the governor of Florida as he responds to the loonies on the left. Roll that, G. Quoting him, he said, you and Governor Abbott need to stop acting like, or start acting like governors and stop acting like human traffickers. First, what is your response to that? And second, is there a second migrant flight going from Texas to uh, Delaware right now? So when Biden is flying these people all over the fruited plain in the middle of the night, I didn't hear a peep out of those people, okay? I didn't hear a peep. peep about all the people that have been told by Biden you can just come in and they're going they're being abused by the cartels they're drowning in the Rio Grande you had 50 that died in some shed in Texas I heard no outrage about any of that uh, I haven't heard outrage about all the fentanyl that's come across the border that's killing Americans in record numbers I don't hear I don't hear outrage about the criminal aliens that have gotten through and have then victimized people not only in Florida, but all throughout the country. I didn't hear any outrage about that. The only thing I hear them getting upset about is you have 50 that end up in Martha's Vineyard. Then they get really upset. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. The Biden administration, I encourage you in the media to keep attacking the governor of Florida mm -hmm. and asking him questions in public forums. That's what I encourage you to continue to do. So, all right. Uh, before we end the show, we have a very special shout out here i want to give and that is to our friend michael curtis whose birthday it is today hey. and um i was th i thought that we would all sing happy birthday to mr curtis but then i thought better of that and thought you know what for him i need to bring in the real heavy hitters he's a music guy he's a singer so i thought i'd bring in the heavy hitters here to wish him a happy birthday g happy birthday to you <laughs> Happy Cringe. birthday to you. Happy birthday, oh, Dad, Michael Dad. Curtis. Happy birthday Michael. to you. God love you, kiddo. <laughs> I love you. That is so cringy. I can't even look at it. The body language is just...
<laughs> tried to get him to say Michael, but I think that was the best he could do. <laughs> kiddo. Yeah, God love you, kiddo. God love you, kiddo. Well, happy birthday to Mr. Curtis. He's been a good friend. And um, not too long ago, he sent me this song. And it's Which a he good way on. to end the show. We'll listen to a little of it. Police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on the show. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here, live from Studio 6B.